0: and responsible gaming resources.
1: It is the APC Podcast once again, yet again, from acnepackingcompany.com and SB Nation. Zach Rafford here at Zach Rafford on Twitter. Follow the show at the APC Pod. Like, subscribe, etc. Today, we are going to preview the Packers' Monday night football game against the Atlanta Falcons. Alex and I were joined by SB Nation's Gina thomas Kelly, a, a great resource for all things Falcons, covers the team, does TV work, she's really everywhere, and had, we had a great conversation, good perspective, good humor, and just some good vibes all around. So why don't we just get right into it? Enjoy!
2: The number you dialed to... Pack Me Packing Company...
1: All right, with the Packers set to take on the Falcons on Monday Night Football, we are happy to be joined now by Gina thomas Kelly, Associate Director of NFL Team Brands over at SB Nation, Ooh La La, and Atlanta Falcons content producer extraordinaire. Gina, thanks for taking the time. How are you?
3: I'm doing great, thanks, and thank you so much for having me.
1: Our pleasure, our pleasure. So um, why don't we just uh, get right into it, and I want to rip the Band-Aid. One motion right off, as they say on Seinfeld, and and start by uh, talking about blown leads, Um, you know, Mm because you're you're a fan. I know it hurts in your opinion. And as Vince Lombardi might say, what the hell is going on out there?
3: Well, I think that that is uh, that is a question that this team has been struggling to answer for the past couple of years. And it's the reason that a lot of Falcons fans were calling for Dan Quinn's head last year. Um, you know, this has become a really persistent issue for this team. And obviously, you've all heard the 28 to 3 jokes like we all know the worst lone lead in history is also um credited to the Falcons but you know they've they've had this happen over and over again and this season has just been a comedy of errors i mean that cowboys game is the most ridiculous way to ever to lose a game that i could even imagine like you could not write that as fiction and have it be believable because everybody would be like you are trying to tell me that professional football players don't know how to deal with an onside kick um And so, yeah. And then, you know, last week was somehow worse. Um, it just is. This team is such a mess. I, they're playing with very little discipline, particularly on defense. They've had some injuries to key players. Um, and, you know, the defense in particular, again, is very banked up. It's it, the secondary is very weak because of injuries. And so, you know, my hopes for the season are pretty much, you know, maybe they'll win a game at some point um will it be this week against the packers i highly doubt it
2: (laughs) you mentioned the you know dan quinn um his job being in jeopardy that was certainly the case last year i guess how did you feel at the time when it seemed like quinn could be on the way out and how do you feel now having kept him but seeing the season start the way it has
3: so I'm, I'm not spending any time at the Falcons facility this year or covering games because of the pandemic, um, but I have done that for many years. And so I've known Dan Quinn since he was hired by the Falcons and um, I have a really good relationship with him. I respect him a lot as a person. He's a really nice man. And for the past couple of years, I would go on on Wednesday afternoons to do my, I do some local TV stuff and I would usually get there while he was in the media room doing his Conversation with the opposing team's local media. And then we would just like sit there and chat. He would ask me about my job and we would talk about leadership and mentoring and all this stuff. Like he's just a nice person. And um, I think he is a really good coach. I just think that what he is trying to do defensively, he doesn't have the the personnel to do effectively. I mean, he has not had a Legion of Boom caliber uh, lineup of, of secondary players in Atlanta. And so, Last year, I was, you know, I thought that it made sense to let him go, but I was sad about it. And at this point, I still feel I still feel badly about it because I really like him a great deal. But it's very clear that he has lost the team. Um, The team is not responding to him. They're not responding to coaching. They're not making effective changes. They're not able to adjust in game. And just the mental mistakes, the lack of discipline. These are things that have plagued this team for a couple of years, and those are on the coaches to correct. And so at this point, I see him as fully responsible for the team's performance so far this season. And I don't really think that Arthur Blank has another option.
2: Yeah, it's funny when you everything that you're saying there, I kind of empathize with because I feel like I and many Packers fans feel similar with Mike McCarthy. I'm actually happy to see him succeed or well, we think he will succeed in Dallas. And I think that he has a ton of weapons there. The Packers just didn't have that. And at some point it just got stale. And I feel like now we're enjoying like this new, you know, the flair of Matt LaFleur when really it was just it had nothing to do with like the quality of McCarthy as a coach. It was just kind of time for the change.
3: So I want to tell you a a quick story about there's a guy who lives up near where I used to live and he's
2: a realtor now, but he was an
3: offensive line coach for a long time and he was with. The Eagles, when they lost the Super Bowl, he spent some time with the Falcons, which is how he ended up in the greater Atlanta metro area. And I was seated next to him at some event, and I was asking him that was a year that the Falcons were just bad on the offensive line, and I was asking him his take on that. And he said he thought that it was the fact that the coach had sort of overstayed his welcome, and he said, these guys have all been playing football since they were children. So they've been hearing the same coaching about fundamentals and technique and all this stuff for decades. And he said, you know, they're going to still get the same instruction if they get a different coach, but sometimes they just need to hear it from a different voice. And I think that that's where the Falcons have gotten to with Dan Quinn. And I think that the Packers got to that point with Mike McCarthy too.
2: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think having a new voice and a, you know, a younger voice and just like some, you know, new, a new approach to offense has helped the Packers. So I would like to see um, the Falcons succeed. Uh, you know, in in a post Dan Quinn era, which seems like it's coming. But um, I guess more to zone in on 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 this game. Um, are, are the Falcons? I haven't watched a lot of them this year. You know, I understand the blown leads and to get out to those leads, you're doing something right. But uh, I I just think back to you know a couple of years ago, the 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 Packers versus Falcons seemed just like everyone was always hammering the over, right? If you're betting on that game, like are are the Falcons still that kind of team? The Packers are weak defensively. Like are the Falcons still capable of hanging 30, 35 on, on green Bay in your mind?
3: Yes. In my opinion, yes. Um, does that mean that, that the defense will be able to stop Aaron Rodgers and company? Probably not. But, you know, I would definitely take, take the over in this game. Matt Ryan has been really, really good through the air, especially. Um, they have not had a lot of success with the ground game. Um, I think blocking is still an issue. I think that they're not using Todd Gurley intelligently i don't think that you should be running every time you have a second and long i don't think that that's a very good strategy <laughs> but that is very dirt cutter to keep doing the same thing even if it doesn't work a bunch of times in a row um but yeah there we've seen calvin redley really develop into somebody who could be a, a wr1 on another roster i mean he's been fantastic this season russell gage who was hurt last week i'm not sure i haven't seen today's entry report yet so i don't know what his status is but um Russell Gage has kind of flashed early in the season. That's a name that not too many Packers fans may be familiar with. But um, he's a guy who's a little bit farther down the depth chart, but seems to have really good rapport and chemistry with Matt Ryan. And so he's had a lot of success so far. And then Hayden Hurst is another one. I was disappointed that he didn't get more targets last week. But um, he I was impressed because I think his only target was a touchdown pass. And so and in the first couple of games, he seemed to have, you know, pretty decent timing with Matt Ryan, too. So through the air, if Julio Jones is ready to go this week, he was held out last week with a hamstring injury. Um, And so, you know, that's up in the air. But if if he's there and they've got Ridley and, you know, maybe Gage, maybe not available, I think that they'll be able to, to to do some real damage through the air.
1: Gage sounds like Alex. Gage sounds like a guy. Is he a guy? Is he undrafted <laughs> or a late round pick? He's that, a guy. <laughs> we have a, We have an official designation on, on our show um, where, where you can adopt someone as your guy. And the guy has to be uh, sort of an unsung player, a day three guy, an undrafted guy, maybe a year or two with, with the club. And he's just you learn a fact about him. You, you like him and you follow him through preseason, although that didn't exist this year. But, you know, and then you just you just follow him over the years and they're they're your guy. Robert Tanyan on the Packers is an example of my um, a guy for me. Sounds like Gage might be a guy. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. Listen, I, if anybody is looking for a guy, I recommend
2: Russell Gage. Yeah. and Everyone needs their guy, you know, cause that was like the fun of training camp and everything and getting like way too invested in, in, in things that don't necessarily mean that much. Right. And we're kind of robbed of that. So we've all adopted guys and then they graduate into players uh, because then they're like football players, right? That guy's a player. So we love to, to do that. The Packers have had a few of those come through and maybe not as many as as they used to in the Ted Thompson days, but yeah, um, they they
1: graduate yeah. to players, or they you know they don't cut it, and then you see him on some. you year, two years later, you're like oh Jake Stoneburner, that was a guy at one point.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> you mentioned uh, Matt Ryan, um, and 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 playing well. I mean, 90 points through three games. The the team has scored. What's the the Matt Ryan 2020 elevator pitch? What kind of quarterback play should Packers fans expect to see on on Monday?
3: you know i I like to compare matt ryan to tony romo who was best known for a few flubs um but overall like when he was healthy he was a really consistent player for the cowboys and matt ryan is consistent and consistently good um he's He's only gotten better in terms of accuracy over the years. He's managed to, you know, put up points even behind a terrible line for most of his career. And so he's a guy that I really, he's a guy. No, he's not a guy. He's, he's an actual player, but um, you know, he is somebody who ever since he came here in 2008 has really led this franchise to the most success that the team has ever had consistently in its existence. And so, Ryan is great it's really just that he's only had an adequate defense once and that was in 2013 and they went 13 and 3 won the division won you know got a first round by beat the Seahawks in the divisional round and then lost to the 49ers in the NFC championship and that's i mean even in 2016 the defense was middling um and so you know my elevator pitch for Matt Ryan is he is better than the team would suggest because when you look at that 0-3 record, you know, you've got to think what does, you know, what part did Matt Ryan play in that? And honestly, he's made very few mistakes this year. I think he may have only one pick, maybe two, but he's just made very few mistakes this year. He's been really sharp. And unless they can stop anything on the other side of the ball, it's just not going to matter.
2: Yeah. Um, Is there sufficient outrage amongst the fan base about the fact that there haven't really been defenses like during the the Matt Ryan era because I just think about, you know, we are always just like, just give Aaron Rodgers a defense. You're and, wasting
1: his prime. Um, you you're wasting his prime. His
2: prime. <laughs> I, I mean, I just feel like on a national stage, you don't hear that narrative about the Falcons, but it's pretty true. I mean, he's done some pretty prolific things and, I, you know, you bring in a head coach who's a defensive minded guy and yet still like. They've just never been able to marry the two. Like, you know, great offense with sufficient enough defense.
3: Yeah. Both of the head coaches that Matt Ryan has had in his tenure with the Falcons have been defensive minded head coaches. And like I said, he's had one year of a decent defense. Um, and so, and also I, my ex-husband is Packers fan. I remember many, many years of him yelling about Dom papers, ruining the best years (laughs) of Aaron Rodgers career. So yeah, I'm very, very familiar with that side of things, but, um, Yeah, I just, it's, yes, Falcons fans are very angry about this all the time. I mean, and some of it is that I feel like Thomas Dimitrov's greatest line spots are along both lines. And so Matt will often have, you know, exceptional skill position players around him, but a weak offensive line, which makes everything more difficult on his side of the ball. And then, you know, on the on the defensive side of things, they've got a bunch of guys who can't get any pressure on opposing quarterbacks. And so um, that makes everything much more difficult for the secondary and, you know, just it's, it's a disaster. Um, and yeah, so this is something that actually we have always been mad about.
0: <laughs> We've been <laughs> mad
3: about it for many years and nothing changes, which is why you will probably see a lot of Falcons fans calling for Thomas Dimitrov and Dan Quinn to be fired this weekend.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It, do you think there's any salvaging the, the? I mean, I think the the Saints have some weaknesses. I think the Bucks are a little overblown. I'm just wondering, like, is it too late to turn it around? You know, it's just, it, it's just 7-3, but 0-3 is pretty hard to, <laughs> to overcome.
3: Yeah. And I just think um, one of the things that I, that I have kind of kicked around in my head is that, you know, we did have no preseason. And so there is a possibility that the Falcons are still kicking off rest. Unfortunately, these games count. Like, it doesn't matter if you go 0-4 in preseason, but if you do in the regular season, you're in pretty deep trouble. Um, So, yeah, I just don't... Looking at the way that they've lost and just kind of the the lack of discipline, the mental errors, and the injuries that are really stacking up. Um, I just don't see a way for them to turn this around. That may be because the team crushed my soul in Super Bowl 51. Uh, <laughs> and I, I have lost the ability to be optimistic about them. But yeah, I think that this is going to be a lost season. And the next year, they will be rebuilding with a new head coach.
1: Yeah. You mentioned... Um the, the defense and injuries. I saw Denard, uh, the cornerback goes to IR. What is sort of the state of the Falcons defense right now? Three games in.
3: Well, the secondary has been banked up. First of all, they lost Desmond Troupont, um, who had been their top corner this off season. So they have Isaiah Oliver, who's a, a newer guy. He's been drafted within the past couple of years. Um, let's see. Uh, we drafted another guy this year, AJ Terrell, and he's been injured. Kendall Sheffield. Who is He was a recent draft pick, too, out of um, Ohio State. He is also injured. He's been in a walking boot. And then the sec- the safeties have been banked up. Ricardo Allen was out this week. The backup safety, Demonte KZ, who also will play some nickel. KZ was out uh, at least part of the game this past week. So, yeah, they're really banged up in the secondary. The linebackers are pretty thin, too, because of injuries. And then um, the defensive line is just really hit or miss. Tack McKinley is one of the stronger players along that line and he is hurt. So uh, yeah, he, he was not able to play last week. So yeah, it's just, it is not looking good on that side of the ball, especially when you're looking at facing a high powered offense like Green Bay's.
1: Yeah. You sound pretty pessimistic, but let's move into the, uh, the prediction phase. How do you feel like these teams match up on Monday night?
3: Um, I think that the Falcons should be able to put up points against the Packers defense. Um, I don't think that that will be an issue. So I think that this one will be a high scoring game. I haven't looked at the line on this one, so I don't know what the over under is, but I would say, unless it's like, you know, a hundred take the, take the over. Um, and then, you know, defensively I, what's Devonte Adams status. I know that he wasn't able to play last week, but have you seen the? I haven't seen the entry report for them today either. Um, if Devonte Adams is playing, I think that they're just going to torch the Falcons. And even if he's not, I still think that they have the ability to torch the Falcons. The Falcons have not been styled against the run. So when you have to face a guy like Aaron Jones, I mean, he, I just, I, oh, I'm getting all flustered even thinking about it. Like I'm, pre, I'm preemptively mad about how bad this defense is going to look against your team.
2: <laughs> See, this is this is how I operate. It's funny to hear someone else that that way too. Because like last week, we were when we were sitting here previewing the Saints, I was like, I mean, there's no way Alvin Kamara doesn't have a career day against the Packers, and like lo and behold, he did, and he also embarrassed the whole team by breaking like six tackles on. On the same uh, touchdown run, but... um, I
3: would like to thank him for that, by the way. I really, really hate the Saints. And so that was just a little bit of joy that I needed in my day.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm just, you know, the Saints are, I don't have a lot of bad blood to the Saints, but I just feel like, uh, you know, I I don't want to see Drew Brees get rewarded for throwing five-yard passes for, like, however many (laughs) more years that's going to happen. Like, that's just, like... Not something that excites me. I
3: can't wait until he breaks another record and they shut down a game to have a big celebration for, you know, him breaking it with a five yard
0: pass.
2: <laughs> yeah, it, which he seemingly always does. And and what was frustrating is that, you know, I, I can say that. And I think like a diehard Saints fan would be like, well, then stop it. And the Packers definitely did not do that. <laughs> so that uh, that that part of it was um was certainly frustrating. Um, I was, uh, uh pulling up the, the 58 is the total right now, uh, for the game, which is a high number. It was 54 against the saints and obviously the over, uh, still hit. So I think we're, we're, we're looking at another shootout here. Um,
1: I might still take the over.
3: <laughs> I'm, I might too. I mean, that is pretty high, but I still knowing the way that Matt Ryan has played and knowing how porous the Falcon secondary is, I still might take the over.
1: I'm trying to uh, multitask and look up the injury report on my phone. I don't think that, um, Devante is practicing yet. Yeah.
2: I think he's still kind of nursing the hamstring and just being cautious, I guess. Uh, I don't know if that's what you would also lump Julio Jones into that category. If it's more of just like a, let's really slow play at no preseason thing, but they typically
3: um, do that with Julio anyway, even with the normal off season. Um, He typically will not practice on either Wednesday or Thursday just to get some rest. So if he was not active today, I would think that Thursday and Friday would give us a better idea.
2: Yeah. And again, even if he's not like the Packers, again, just consistently allowing the big games to the obvious guy. So then Calvin Ridley is just like a, you know, a shoe in for like a good 125 and a score or two.
1: Will, Um, (laughs) will, will Redmond ever make a tackle? Find out again
2: this week. Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) Just, just brutal. But, um, (laughs) yeah, he's the, he, he was like guy territory, but then whatever, like the opposite of graduating into a player is, is I feel like where we're headed with him. I feel bad saying that I, I I room for guys, but, um,
1: it's a little bit of the Ladarius Gunter syndrome, maybe. Is that yeah. Is Didn't little... he
3: play for the Falcons or am I
2: totally making that up? I that feel like the
3: it... name is familiar, but I, yeah, I cannot remember off the top of my head.
2: I feel like he got let go in green Bay and he, he wound up somewhere for like a few weeks. Um, and I could have sworn it was them, but I, I could be completely making that up.
1: Pulled the Jeff Janis and wound up somewhere for an, <laughs> a, another month. Uh, um, yeah. <laughs> One last, uh, one last, one last thing before we let you go, Gina, um, I saw on TMZ that Andre Risen thinks that he could be the next coach of the Atlanta Falcons.
3: <laughs> what do
1: we think about that?
3: Um, has Andre Risen coached anywhere? Like has he been coached high know. school? Roddy White is coaching high school. Um, so, I mean, I would be at least if Roddy came back as like a position coach, I would be fine with that. That is hilarious. <laughs> I'm going to have to look that up. Um, Yeah, I had not heard that. That is really interesting. I will say, you know, um, Arthur Blank has gone with the last two times um, with Mike Smith and with, um, with Dan Quinn, guys who had never had head coaching experience. And he also tried the college coach route with uh, Jen Mora Jr. and with Bobby Petrino, which was just a complete (sighs) catastrophe. And so what I think that we will see Arthur Blank do for a replacement will be a seasoned head coach. I think that it will be something like, you know, Jerry Jones perspective, bringing in McCarthy this past offseason. I think he's going to want somebody who's established, who has a track record of success in the NFL as a head coach. And so that would, in my mind, disqualify Andre Ryzen. But, <laughs> but you know, I, I mean, set, set your goals high, bud. I, I hope it works out for you. <laughs> That's great.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, let's wrap up. Take the over, I guess is the, uh, the theme of the day points galore. Gina and Thomas Kelly, thank you so much for stopping by and talking to little Falcons Packers with us. We really appreciate it.
3: Thank you so much for having me and good luck this weekend. Yeah. I
1: hope both teams have fun. That's how I always end these. That's
3: really all that matters, right? (laughs) That's what I'm going to tell myself for the rest of the season since the Falcons are bad.
1: I mean, it's a child's ball game. You're chasing a bag of wind. Let's just go out there and have some fun, guys. Come on. Absolutely. Yes. All right. Thank you so much.
3: Thank you, guys.
2: Thank you.
1: All right, guys, that's going to do it for us here. And again, a huge thank you to Gina Thomas Kelly for joining us and previewing Monday night's game. Please consider giving us a rating in Apple Podcasts. It is free to do so. On the money side, if you like to support content creators with a bit of spare change, hey, we do that too. Patreon.com/slash NoteNugs n o t e n u g s Patreon.com/slash NoteNugs. All right, guys, Packers, Falcons, Monday Night Football. Enjoy the game, be well, be safe, be nice to people. And uh, we will talk to you right after the game with our Rapid Reaction pod. Until then, see you later. Oh, drink it down, drink it down, drink it down.